What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Saturday, March 25th, the day of the Elite Eight games in college basketball. What an exciting time of year for everybody, really, except for the Big Ten, it feels like. Um, SEC as well, though. Neither of those conferences, neither, have a team in the Elite Eight this year. Um, Big Ten, you had eight teams starting out the year, not starting out the year, starting out March Madness that would have had a chance to make it to this point in the season, and none of them did. Our best shot was Michigan State two nights ago, and uh, they lost. So the Big Ten no longer has any teams left. Let's talk about that game, though. Michigan State matched up against Kansas State the other night. What an absolutely thrilling, thrilling game. Thrilling game. What a great game. It was one of the best games. It's one of the best games I've seen in a really long, well, I shouldn't say a really long time. I actually tweeted that out. Uh, Is this the best basketball game ever? And somebody responded to me and said, uh, recency bias much? Well, of course. Yes. I was being a little biased because I was watching that game live. So um, what a great game, though. Uh, Unfortunate for Michigan State fans that they came out on the losing end of this. Uh, And then for me personally, unfortunate because my kids, I've been talking about this all year, but my kids were still awake. Obviously, that game started at 530. And uh, I had so many things come up during that game that I wasn't able to watch the whole thing. But when it got down to about 10 minutes left, I basically shut myself off from the rest of the world. And watch the conclusion of regulation and, of course, overtime for that game. Just an, just one of those games where we talked about this last week. And by we, I mean me, of course. Talked about how uh, you get a vibe from different college basketball games. You get a vibe that either one team's way better, uh, one team wants it more, or uh, it's going to be a really close game and it's going to be exciting. And the whole time... During this Kansas State-Michigan State game, I got that third vibe right there where I was like, this is just going to be a great game all the way through. Um, Even though there was some stretches where it looked like one team was going to pull away or the other team was going to pull away, it never happened. And especially uh, for Michigan State, the vibe in the second half, not even just the vibe, this is actually what was happening, Kansas State would get up by five, and then Hauser would hit a big three. Then Kansas State would get up by six or seven, and Tyson Walker would knock down a big three. And then they'd get up five again. It just felt like Kansas State was kind of in control, and it felt like they were going to take over the game at some point. And then Michigan State would come down and say, not so fast. We're still in this game. And I just thought it was such a great performance by the Spartans. I was really uh, not, I should say, I shouldn't say shocked. I'm not shocked because this is something that you've grown to get used to uh, from Michigan State each March. Um, But like I said, unfortunate they came out on the losing end of this game. The big story from the game, obviously, was the point guard from Kansas State. I think it was Mike Noel. I'm looking up the box score right now. He set the NCAA record for uh, March Madness assists. I think he had 19 I should have had this pulled up before, and I did not. Let's just double-check. Noel, 19 assists. He had 20 points, 19 assists, 3 rebounds. Um, Tweeted this out, too, and I was talking with Wally about this on text. Uh, 
some of the passes he was making in the first half were really elementary passes. There wasn't anything that was special that he was doing at first. And when I tweeted that out, it was still true. Um, and then towards the end of the game and uh, in the second half, I thought that some of the passes were pretty special that he was making uh, as that game was closing up. Uh, you can't have 19 assists and not have some pretty crazy assists, I feel like. And he didn't. I thought he could have had more. He had one and probably would have been his biggest highlight where he was driving uh, towards the left block, and he used his left hand, went under his legs, passed it to – it wasn't Keontae Johnson. It was the other guy. Was it uh, Tomlin, I think it was. And Tomlin tried to dunk on someone from Michigan State. I can't remember who was playing defense and missed the dunk. But that would have been the biggest highlight assist of the night by far, and he missed out on that one. So he could have had 20. The guy finished the dunk. If he was one step closer, he would have finished the dunk, I think. Um Great game from him. I mean, you got to tip your cap. When someone sets a NCAA record against you, you just got to say, okay. But then you do have to take a step back, though, and this is one point that I wanted to make. As good as Michigan State has been defensively this year, they were falling apart at the seams on Thursday night. It just did. They looked all sorts of out of sorts on that end of the all sorts of out of sorts. They looked out of sorts on the defensive end. On uh, Thursday, like I said, um, they weren't doing anything right. I've never seen, never, 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 never. I've been watching Big Ten basketball since I was probably 10 years old for like 20 years. I've never seen a Michigan State team get dismantled the way that they did defensively as much as I did on Thursday night. It was really odd to see. They were getting backdoored left and right. They were out of position on almost, it seemed like every play. It felt like Kansas State was going to score on any play. It felt like they were going to find the open guy and they were going to score. Um, I learned a lot about Kansas State on Thursday night. Keontae Johnson's dog. He's freaking really good. He's super athletic. Um, he's the one that had the overtime reverse alley-oop dunk. And that was, I mean, you could. I, I actually was like, damn. When he did that, I was like, damn. I said it a little bit louder than that, a little bit more excited, because that was a crazy play. And if you go back, not excited, because I, obviously I was like wanting Michigan State to win, but that was an exciting play. I mean, come on now. Don't get me wrong here. Keontae Johnson reverse alley-oop dunk in overtime. That was a pretty exciting play. If you're not cheering for Michigan State, that was a pretty exciting play, which I wasn't. So, I mean, I wanted them. To, what, do, what do you want me to say? They're a Big Ten team. I wanted them to win. They're not my team. Okay? There you go. I said it. So, Kansas State had a big play. I was fine with that either way. Um, Keontae Johnson, though, really good. I don't remember what this kid's first name is, and I still don't now that I'm looking at it. Naquan Tomlin, really lengthy, really athletic. He had only 11 points. Felt like more. Felt like more from Tomlin. He seemed to be very involved. I thought I think he was might have been in foul trouble uh, this game. Some ridiculous stats, though. Some ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous stats from this game. I have to bring some of these up. Michigan State, 52%. 52% from three-point land. 13 for 25. If you told me that Michigan State was going to hit 13 of 25 three-pointers against Kansas State, I would have said, no shot they lose this game. No shot, brother. Uh, but they did, though, because Kansas State... Shot one less, and they still hit 11. So they were at 45%. Three-point shooting was unreal in this game. 
Absolutely unreal. Across the board, really, for Michigan State, 49% from the field, 52% from three, and 82% from free throws. You think they're going to win that game. They out-rebound Kansas State by six. They obviously didn't have more assists. In fact, they had less assists than Noel did. They had 18. Michigan State did. So some of the key stats that you're looking for going into this game, though, you want to out-rebound a team. You want to shoot a higher percentage than them. And you don't want to turn it over. I didn't look at that stat. Let's let's pull that back up real quick. What were the turnovers? Ugh, 13 to 5. Yeah. Um, anytime you turn it over, you're giving a team that's in a close game, you're giving them an opportunity to score, obviously. You have the ball. You turn it over. Guess what? They have the ball now. So now they got a chance to score. So And Kansas State was taking full advantage of that opportunity. I should have pulled up what the points off turnovers was. I should have done a lot of stuff. Oh, here it is. 16 to 2. 16 to 2. In a game that went to overtime, you don't want to be outscored by 14 when it comes to points off turnovers. That's not something that you want to do. It's not something that you want to do. Um gutsy gutsy performance from Michigan State. Like I said, just a fantastic game. Tyson Walker um I've been talking about him all year. He's great. He's the one that hit the uh, game-tying shot to force overtime. And a guy that I have not been a big fan of this year, A.J. Hogart, I thought offensively was his best game scoring. And, and I think it was. 25, I don't know he's had more than that this year. That might be his season high, 25. I'm not going to go back and check. Um, you get 25 points from A.J. Hogart. You get... Tyson Walker shooting out of this world and you get Joey Hauser pretty much doing the things that he's been doing all year you're expecting to win that game Hauser with 18 Hogar with 25 Aikens had 16 even though it says 14 right here uh they had a tip in that for some reason CBS didn't score it and the only reason I know that is because I think it's Brandon Jones on uh Twitter that follows said that, or he had like a parlay, then that was the last thing he needed Aikens over 15 points. And uh, he ended up getting it, so good for him. Tyson Walker, 16. Malik Hall, 13. This is, a, I mean, if I'm looking at this box score, I don't know who won. I'm like, there is no shot Michigan State lost this game, but they did. And that's how it goes, man. It's March Madness. Um, things go your way sometimes, and then, you know, the next game, they don't. That's just how it rolls. And that's what we love about this. That's what Tom Izzo loves about this tournament. You're one and done, baby. You got one shot, one opportunity <laughs> to seize everything that you've ever wanted. Capture it. Don't let it slip. You know, you can't let it slip. You really can't let it slip. In Michigan State, honestly, they let it slip a little bit. Too many turnovers. Seriously, let it slip. Let the ball slip out. Um, speaking of Tom Izzo, Lots of things to talk about with him. I'm only going to talk about uh, two of them, actually, though. I mentioned this last week, and I tweeted about this. I didn't realize he's the oldest coach in the Big Ten. I said he's getting old. I don't know how long he's staying. I think if I had a gun to my head right now, I would say um, one more year for him. He's got these huge recruits coming in next year. He's got one of the top classes in the country. I highly doubt that he would step down with these guys coming in. He's going to give it one more go next year. And some of the guys that he's getting are only going to be there for next year. And I think he starts to take a step back on the recruiting stuff, maybe next year, or unless he's got someone on staff that he wants to help out, that's going to be taken over. 
Um, I'm not sure really what Michigan State's position is on all that or who's going to take over afterwards. I have no idea. But I think he's got one more year. I don't think we have to talk about that anymore. I think he's got one more year. Um, he said some he said some disagreeable things after the game. Um, if you're not a Michigan State fan, especially, you probably disagree with some of the things that he said. Uh, if you are a Michigan State fan, you probably support some of the things he said. The first being that he said that a lot of the shots that Kansas State were was hitting were lucky. The shots they were hitting were lucky. And that's why they won the game. Basically, I mean, he didn't say that, but he, in my mind, and the way I read the video or watched the video, that's how I interpreted what he said, is that they won because they were lucky, basically. That's how I, that's how I looked at it. Um, but that's just his team, you know? And if he wants to say that after a game, that's fine. I have no problem with that. I would probably be thinking much worse things if I was coaching Michigan State on Thursday night. And to be frank, I probably would have said some crazier shit than he said. So I'm not going to sit here and criticize him because he just came off a tough loss and said that they got lucky. That's not really that bad of a thing to say anyways. Who cares? Don't we want honesty from our coaches in the press game or the press conference afterwards? When they're being interviewed, when they're coming off the court after a very... If you've never coached before, by the way, let me get off topic for a second. It is so emotionally draining to be involved in big games. Now, I haven't coached at the college level just at high school, but I've been involved in big games in high school, and I can't even imagine how much more it's multiplied on the level that Tom Izzo was just coaching at. And if you're going to put a microphone in his face five minutes after the game, you're going to hear some honesty, and you might hear some things that you don't like. Deal with it. I didn't have a problem with anything that he said. You know, Some people were saying, oh, he's being a poor sport. Well, so what? Even if you think that, who cares? Don't you want him to be honest? I do. I do. I want him to be honest. Um, I want all the coaches to be honest. I want Brad Underwood to say that, uh, you know, Jalen Pickett's playing booty ball the whole game. I want to hear that. <laughs> That's my favorite stuff. I love when the coaches are honest. Um, but the other one I do have to disagree with, and this was a little bit later after the game. So he had some time to process what was happening, and I don't even know why he was talking about this. I'm going to play this clip real quick. I'm using a new program, so we'll see if this works. But uh, this is what Tom said in the press conference after the game, um, after he had a little bit more time to process it. Because no matter what anybody says, top to bottom, uh, you know, I, I have no problem standing up and saying we have the best league in the country. You know, when you have that number of teams uh, beating the hell out of each other every day, I don't think we're worn out from it. I just think you get a bad seed from it. So we had all these teams with seven, eight, and nine seeds. And I'm not saying that was wrong, but that's what happens when uh, I'd like to see some teams come in and survive this league in the places we play. So, you know, I'm going to become a big Badger fan. I'm going to pull for them in the NIT. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm proud of my team, but I'm proud of the league too. And uh, disappointments, there's disappointments. But uh, I think as a seven seed, Maybe we showed how good our league was. No. Incorrect. On almost everything he said right there, in my opinion. Except for the last part, maybe. Uh, I do agree that as a seven seed, they did really well. I thought Michigan State represented the conference really well. Um, you get a seven, eight, or a nine seed, you're going to be playing a, or even a ten. You get a seven, eight, or nine, seven, eight, nine, or ten seed, 
In the next round, you're playing either a one or a two unless there was a big, big, big upset in the first round. That's just how it goes. So Michigan State, after winning their first game, they were going to play either a two or a 15. And they got the two, and they got the job done. So in my opinion, I thought that they represented the conference well. Now, if you're looking at the conference as a whole, though, which is what Tom was talking about, I have to disagree with what he's saying. This is not the best league in the country. You cannot say that. You just can't say that. We had, now I could be wrong about this. I'm probably not, though. As a conference, we had the most teams in the tournament. Is that right? Did anybody have nine? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure about that. You have eight teams in the field, and you produce one Sweet 16 team. You produce zero Elite Eight teams. Zero Final Four, zero National Championship for now the 23rd year in a row. Okay? Now, I'm not going to go back and talk about history because that fight can be made amongst people who have better stats in their head than I do. And I've seen that fight happening on Twitter and I've had that discussion with some friends. I'm not going to sit here and fight for the Big Ten's history. I'm not going to do that. Because I think the history is really good. You have teams in the Final Four a lot. Um, you have teams in the Elite Eight all the time, almost every year, probably every year. Um, you have teams making runs every single year. Okay, You're a couple shots here and there away from every year another team being in the Final Four. I'm thinking of like Carson Edwards in Purdue. I'm thinking of Michigan when uh, Franz Wagner missed the, was it Franz? Missed the three-pointer uh, that would have put them in the Final Four. I'm thinking about when Kentucky beat Michigan, when they would have went to the Final Four again. Uh, Michigan State this year when Kansas State beat them in overtime. I mean, there's so many examples. Wisconsin's been close. Uh, Wisconsin's been in national championships game championship games recently. Um, Iowa, bad every year. Bad every year. <laughs> no representation from Iowa in March. No, um... But my point is the history is good. But what Tom was talking about was this year, okay? And this year, the conference was not well represented in the tournament, in my opinion. Penn State did well. Michigan State did well. Every other team that won was a toss-up game. And I think, was there who else won? I mean, I'm trying to think right now. I don't even remember who else won at this point feel like the tournament's been going on for a month because I've watched every game, it seems like. Um, I just don't feel like the conference was represented well. When you have your best team who won not only your tournament but also your regular season crown this year go down in absolutely the most historic fashion of all time, you can't say that conference is the best conference in the country anymore. You just can't do it. You can't do it. I'm sorry. Can't do it. Your best team went out to a 16 seed that had to play a play-in game and didn't win their conference this year. That's who your best team lost to? Your best team? No. No. I would ha I'd have a I'd have a better chance or I'd have a better what do I want to say here? I would have more energy supporting Tom with what he said about Wisconsin at this point. Hey, 
we got the best conference in the country. Look at Wisconsin. They're in the semifinals of the NIT. Look how good we are. We got a team in the final four of the NIT. No one's talking about it, though. We got the best conference in the country. I don't know. I just can't get behind it. Can you? Listener, if you're listening? I can't. Um, so, anyways, I disagree with Tom on that. But uh, overall, Michigan State, I've kind of tried to do a recap of each team as they've lost during this March Madness. I thought it was a great year for Michigan State. Um, Sweet 16, is that a measuring stick for success? I don't know. Is it? I mean, to you, is is getting to the Sweet 16 worthy of celebration or worthy of saying that you had a successful season? That's up for debate, you know? It's really up for debate. I don't know. I really don't know. I will say this, though. What I've been talking about with Michigan State was three weeks before the Big Ten tournament, I didn't know if they were going to make the big dance or not. It was questionable at that point. When they canceled the Minnesota game, I thought it was questionable. Bubbles weren't out yet, but I didn't know if they were going to make it. I talked about this last time with Michigan State. They made a good run at the end of the year. They didn't show up for the Big Ten tournament, lost to Ohio State like three other teams did um, because they were just clicking at the time. That's fine. And then they had a great showing in the NCAA tournament. They did, period. They had a good showing. Not great. They had a good showing. They won their first game like they were supposed to, and then they upset Marquette, even though they were favored, I think. Um, and then they had one of the all-time classic games playing Kansas State. I think that that was a good representation uh, for the conference. I thought it was a great representation for Michigan State. Everything they've been through this year um, and just the season that they had, the ups and downs that they had, injuries, not that many, but they did have some injuries. Didn't they have a guy that was uh, like out for the season? Who was that? I can't remember his name. That happened a long time ago. Anyways. Every team has injuries. Forget about that. Forget I said that. Let's. If I was editing it, I would edit that part out, but I'm not going to edit. Um, I just feel like they had a decent season. I think they had a good season. I think that if you're a Michigan State fan, you should be like, all right, that was fine. Maybe even more than I expected this year getting to the Sweet 16. I think you got to be okay with that season um, this year if you're a Michigan State fan. Uh, going forward, like I said, we got Wisconsin, and that's it left. They're in the NIT. Not going to lie. Uh, Tuesday night, I'll try to watch that game, but I'm not going to be moving schedules or anything trying to uh, watch NIT Wisconsin. Just not going to happen for me. I'm not, I mean, love you, Wisconsin. I defend you on Twitter all the time, even though there's one guy that responds to everything I say and uh, thinks that I'm anti-Wisconsin. I'm not. I'm pro-Wisconsin. I made a cheese curd video just for you guys. Um, that <laughs> took me way too much time, by the way. Um, I might watch Tuesday, though. I'm definitely going to bet on it, but I don't know what the spread is. Um, and I don't really care at this point. I will watch that game. But other than that game and whatever Wisconsin does to finish, the uh, season for the rest of us is over. And uh, we're at the point where we're going to be looking forward to college football. Um this is not the last basketball podcast I'm going to do this year. I have some other things that I want to keep uh, up on throughout the spring and summer as we draw closer to college football. If you've been listening just for the basketball stuff, just keep an eye on the pod and uh, look for those episodes that have the word basketball in it. You can listen to those if you're not a football fan. Uh, otherwise, just, hey, keep listening. I appreciate all the support. Make sure you're following on Twitter at Casual Big Ten. I got some other big things.
planned, but you guys know how I plan stuff. If you've been listening for a while, I might plan it. It might never happen. That's just the facts of the matter. Um, but thank you for listening to this episode. Congratulations to Michigan State. You made it farther in the NCAA tournament than anybody else in the Big Ten. And uh, keep an eye on Twitter. Like I said, I'll have some new stuff coming out. Uh, hopefully at least once a week podcast. I mean, come on now. I got to at least do once a week, even though it's the off season for both right now. Uh, try to keep up on some transfer portal stuff, but I'm not going to go crazy researching stuff or keep my finger on the pulse that much, even though I said I was last week. I do want to know where guys are going. And next year before basketball starts, I want to know who's where, and I want to have a better idea of like who's going to be good and uh, who's going to be a possible one seed that would get beaten by a team that had to play a play-in game and didn't win their conference. I need to know that stuff before next year. A little more research last year, and I probably would have known that was going to happen, right? Everybody would have. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Um, have a good week. Enjoy that NIT game. I probably won't do a post-game podcast after that, I'll be honest with you. And uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk about whatever happens with that next week at some later point. Um, enjoy the week. Enjoy the weekend if you're listening to this on Saturday when it's coming out. And uh, otherwise, just keep up. I don't know how to say bye. I really need a sign-out line. I've been talking about that lately. Uh, so long and good luck. That's terrible, but we'll keep practicing. We'll see you all later.